like macho films. They really get my tick. Well, I like arty films. I think they're so sick. What if I pick? Yeah, and then I pick? All right, Bryce. Okay, Nick. Let's not waste time. Can you? Give me a flick. Bryce and Nick's, can you give me a flick? Two men, two movie lovers. One very different taste in movie. Yours is a bit more dirty. Mine is a bit more dancing. Oh, I Mm. like that. Each week you and I give each other a film, one that we feel that the other won't like but should like, and uh, we hope to satisfy them. But sometimes that just doesn't happen. Uh, Well, you can't please everybody, and that's the thing that we've learnt doing this podcast. I love your hat today. Tell us about your hat. Well, uh, the film that you've got me to watch is called Beyond the Sea. It is. And so this is a sailor's hat. In honour of that. It is. Young man, I actually, I broke the mould this week and because I, I would normally pick a film. By definition, you are watching an episode of a television show and uh, I think it still counts. It's 80 minutes long. That's the length of a film. It plays out like a film. It's well, it's an episode of Black Mirror and Black Mirror is designed, I mean, it's been six series of it now and yeah. they're all standalone episodes. So you can yeah. watch them as, you know, a little... A little short film. You can but in this ba- case, it's yeah. essentially a feature. Where you would normally go back and watch, like, I mean, you can do it with sitcoms, but like with a regular TV show that runs a linear storyline, you wouldn't go back and watch an episode. You'd go back and watch a season. That's not the case with Black Mirror. You can go back and watch any old episode you like at any time. If you haven't come across Black Mirror for whatever reason, um, most of them set in near future dystopias. Yeah, dystopias. Uh, and it's sort of a bit sci-fi centric. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. What's interesting about Black Mirror is it's taken different shapes over the years. I feel like different seasons have had different focuses. For example, the latest season, season six, which is the one I got you to watch an episode from, uh, leans a bit more into horror. Yeah, it does actually. Which it hasn't done in the past. They're sort of exploring the ideas of technology and media and what that means for us as a, as a people. Yeah, and I mean, there's been some, it's it's one of those shows that it leaves a lasting impression. Is that fair to say? Have you watched a lot of Black Mirror in your I, time? I have. I watched a lot of the first few series and I could probably name them on one hand, the episodes that I walked away from feeling good about myself yeah, no, and the world. It's not a feel-good show and, and, and quite often, you know, they're known for quite intense points. There's one episode that's stuck in my memory forever and it's this kid, his phone gets stolen and he's following this huge, enormous journey to get his phone back and you're feeling so bad for this kid when you realise that the reason he was trying so hard to get his phone back is because he had child porn on his phone and this person who'd stolen his phone was trying to expose him for it. But you didn't realise that until the very end of the episode. It's just, it's they do... They... Everything's a fable or, or a lesson or a warning, isn't it? Yeah. But with with this week's episode, I went with an episode called Beyond the Sea, which is um, in an alternative 1969. So they're doing something a little bit different there. Uh, two men on a perilous high-tech mission wrestle with the consequences of an unimaginable tragedy. Now, this episode is directed by John Clark. Crowley, written by Charlie Brooker, and it stars none other than Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad fame and teenage heartthrob Josh Hartnett alongside Kate Mara, who's the sister of Rooney Mara. So that's a very talented family they've got going there. Yeah, and famously the woman that Kevin Spacey went down on in House of Cards. Is that right? Oh, please, don't come the raw prawn with me. Don't pretend that you don't know exactly (laughs) the minute marker I'm talking about. Listen, 
House of Cards is a contentious issue for me because I find American politics terribly uninteresting. And I sat through a few episodes of House of Cards and I too found that hideously uninteresting. I had to explain to you last week what The Voice Australia was. I don't know <laughs> that local politics is really your field of expertise yeah, either. Look, This is an example of a term that I hadn't heard of, Bryce, this episode, yeah. retrofuturism. Mm-hmm. And that essentially means showing futuristic technology in a past setting. Sure. So the technology that uh, these uh, two astronauts uh, live with in this episode I mean, it's not even around now, let yeah. alone, you know, decades in the future yeah. and uh, certainly not in the late 60s. So basically, let, let's set the scene for everybody. They're two astronauts on a mission in space. Two years into a six-year mission. Yeah. And they effectively have these pods and these pods can send their mind to a clone of themselves that's living with their families on Earth. Yes. Artificial replicas, or as they call them, oh no, they do call them replicas. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think there's a fancy word there. They're like robot doppelgangers. Sure. And the actual astronauts for both Josh Hartnett and Aaron Paul are on this space station. So what did you think about, because I haven't seen Josh Hartnett in anything in years. I think he actually took a hiatus from Hollywood. But what I found interesting was... because uh-huh. I saw you at the Ritz only a few weeks back enjoying Oppenheimer. Aha, uh-huh. exactly. So he's made a, a, a resurgence. Well, he's done two things he's in do- 10 years. Well, that's, come on, man. This and that. What I found interesting, he hasn't fucking aged a day. He looks very good, He looks he? so good. Fuck, he's handsome. Yeah, very, very handsome, man. Goodness me. The space station had to, he's so tall, they had to make the space <laughs> station tiny so it would look really claustrophobic. I was worried about, because Aaron Paul's a pretty short dude. Okay. I was worried how they were going to make that work, but I mean, it never seemed to come up as an issue. What, how they'd... Get the camera legs down well, so Stallone, they can angle him into the shot. Didn't Stallone used to famously stand on platforms in scenes where he was shorter than someone? Is it Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah, I think. Because he didn't want to look. Bit of that. Didn't want to look too short standing next to someone. Josh Hartnett's a really tall dude. Yeah, he is very good in this. He's very good. So the idea is, it, they both have families, and. Josh Hartnett's family, he has a a wife, he has two kids, Uh, Aaron Paul's family, uh, his partner is Kate Mara, but then there's a murder, and this is Mm. inspired off the back of the Manson family murders, which is why they said it in 69, so the same year of the Sharon Tate stuff. Mm. They come in, and they kill the family in front of him, and then they kill his robotic uh, doppelganger, yeah. his replica, Josh Hartnett we're talking about now, which means that he's now unable to come back to Earth in his body. It's just him, the real him, up in this space station. Worth noting as well, really sinister performance from um, none other than Rory Culkin in that scene playing the cult leader. What have we seen him in? Um, he was... was he well, Signs? Yeah. Mean Creek? Yeah. Other things, I'm sure. I was going to say he's the he's the probably the lesser known of the Culkins, because because mm. his brother was in Succession recently, wasn't he? Yeah. What's who's who's that Culkin? Oh, it's the Chris Culkin. <laughs> Kieran. Kieran Culkin. Kieran. So he's only alive in this space station. And yeah. Aaron Paul feels so bad 
for him that he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you use my robotic body. So you come in, you take my body, I'll tell my wife all about it, I'll tell the kids, yeah. and you can experience Earth. He's getting more and more depressed up there alone as the days go on. Lovely gesture, by the way. So very friendly. Uh, would you do that for me? I'd do that for you. you. Absolutely, I'd do that for you. If you were to come back, if I was in uh, Aaron's shoes... I think the vibe, well, I think the, you got to remember, I think the vibe we get here with this, because obviously I don't think they're friends. They, they very much, they don't set it up, they're not enemies, but they definitely don't have a friends relationship. Like they don't really talk because the idea is, is they do their job and then they effectively go to their pods together, go to their families, and then they don't think about each other until they're zoomed to come back up. So this phenomenon happens for you and I. Yeah. And you take my body and you yeah. come back on planet Earth. Yeah. What's the first thing you do? I'm calling up Tony and being like, Tony. <laughs> going to make sure that woman's hiding. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, I'm home and I... Woman's going into a witness protection program. <laughs> I'm ravenous. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, pray it doesn't happen. Tony's next girlfriend, by the way, for those of you who are playing at home. <laughs> it's not my uncle, Tony. <laughs> uncle Tony. Come here, Uncle Tony. But that is essentially what happens. He comes back in his body and and he's a great painter. Yeah. And he says, Look, let me paint. I just need one hour a week to create this all painting of you and your house, of uh, mm-hmm. you and your family to say thank you for your time. And he mm-hmm. ends up falling for her and et cetera, et cetera. So it becomes a bit of a a, a love triangle. There's of a sorts. bit of ambiguity in that as well, because she rejects him, but not not at first. Not really, because yeah. he's very charming and charismatic. He's just fucking Hartner. Let's be fucking real. But also, real. Aaron Paul is very far. He's removed. He's old school dad. He's yeah. not emotional. They're not touching at all. No. But the film starts off, and this is how it gets its name, Beyond the Sea. And it starts off with uh, Josh Hartnett and his wife slow dancing to this old French cover. Of Beyond the Sea. La mer, qu'on voit danser. Oh, that's lovely. That's what I thought, but it's not a cover. Did oh, you know this? No. That is the original version, and Bobby Darren's version that we know Somewhere is the cover. Right. And I, I was thinking, I wonder how many times before this has happened. I wonder how many famous songs we know that we just assume are. Uh, English songs, and they're not. They're from other places. So yeah. uh, this song, for instance. Gloria, Gloria, oh, yeah. Great tune. Jonathan King. Also, not, not, that's a cover. Not oh. an English song, my friend. This is a guy called Umberto oh. Tozzi. Bit of fun, isn't it? Almost sounds exactly the same, <laughs> well, really. It does. Um, how about this one? The old uh, old Blue Eyes. Oh, yeah, baby. Such a great song. Wonderful. Also, not his song, my friend. That's oh. a cover. Comme de Habitude by Claude Francois. Oh, I like it. Good, isn't it? Two years before. It's got a vibe to it, man. It's the perfect song for this film because within the lyrics, it's quite like thematic, you know, being distant from your partner, yeah. them yeah. being them being far away. Uh, it bookends it later on when the Josh Hartnett soul is in Aaron Paul's body and he slow dances with 
Uh, Kate Mara again. What did you think about? Because obviously, I always find the the one of the most challenging things an actor can do is effectively play two different roles in the same thing. So Aaron Paul effectively had to play himself, and then he had to step in to play that Josh Hartnett character. And they're very much chalk and cheese. They're different people in this film. And I thought, I'd love to hear your opinion on it. I thought Aaron Paul just did it so seamlessly. He really is a terrific actor. Very, very subtly. Yeah. It's not heavy-handed in any way. In fact, Mara was saying you can tell in his physicality because much more present with Lana uh, while Aaron Paul is, is gone in so many ways is her quote. Mm. And Paul saying that he studied Hartnett's manner during rehearsals, wanted to capture his inherent charm. There you go. Mm. And uh, Josh Hartnett is a naturally charming person. He w- And I, I found that very much when I watched Oppenheimer recently, yes. I found it watching this um, this episode of Black Mirror, I, I, it's definitely a element that he has not lost over the years. He was very much that when he burst onto the scene in his early days, and he is very much that to this day. Do you know who was quite charming as well? Like Bobby Darren, who sang that song. And mm. in 2004, there was a Bobby Darren biopic, a film about his life that was made. Do you know who starred as Bobby Darren? No. Who? Kevin Spacey. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> what the And fuck? he sang all of his songs Within the film. Somewhere. That's Kevin. Yeah. Beyond the sea. That's you Kevin. You can hear it. Somewhere. You can. Waiting for me. Oh, he's Isn't terrific. He's really good. Yeah, he is. That was, um, that was his second attempt at it, apparently. He, he went to the film producers and he said, I want to change the lyrics. And they said, no, no, I think we're just going to go with the original Bobby Darren lyrics here. Yeah. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, let's do an alternate version. We'll keep that version. We've got that in the can. Let's do an alternate version. If you want that, then we can use that instead. And I found it online. Have oh, a listen. No. This, is, this is the <laughs> spacey version. Somewhere <laughs> beyond 18, somewhere waiting for me. I don't want to step over the line, but that boy's all mine for a railing. Fascinating what you can find on YouTube these days. Amazing. So anyway, for a railing. <laughs> I don't know. That's not me, mate. It's, it's Kevin. At this point, because he he is famously quite litigious, we do need to say allegations have been disproven, thrown out of court. Oh, for a railing. Anyway, um, you're a bad person. There are so many <laughs> movies that have used that song. I went on a deep dive. Apollo 13, Matchstick Men, Goodfellas, Quiet Place Part Two. Uh, can you name another one? Famous comedy. A famous comedy. Austin Powers in Goldmember. Oh. He dances to it up in the ship. Goodness me. Well well executed song. That's oh, a beautiful song. Let's talk about that ending. Yeah, okay. And this film came out in June this year, so I yeah. think at this point we've got to say, if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, there probably isn't enough time that's passed for us to just assume yeah, th- that you want it spoiled for you, we will spoil the th- 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 yeah, th- point. I don't normally encourage people to turn off our podcast. Turn us off, hit that pause button, okay. and come back. There we go. So uh, Hartnett's family are killed by a cult that don't believe in these uh, replicas. Yeah, they're hippies. It's a hippie cult. Like, And he's so angry and 
frustrated that it's only when he comes back in Aaron's body and he finds another will to live by meeting Kate and mm. their perfect family. And uh, We can only assume that he's unravelling. He's very much unravelling at yes. this point in his And time. so he makes a play at her. She rejects it. Aaron listens to what Hartnett says, which is essentially you're disconnected from your wife. She's completely isolated. She isn't being satisfied. He comes back, feels terrible about the situation, begins to apologize, goes back up to the space station. Something's wrong. He sets out on a mission to fix it, leaves the space station, goes outside. But it's all been fabricated by Hartnett. Nothing's wrong. He just wants him outside of the vessel. Mm. So he's locked out for a period of time. He's trying to get back in. Hartnett's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Eventually, longer than it should be, yeah. Hartnett returns and he goes, where have you been? Through a series of events, yeah. discovers that in that time that he's been out of the space station, Hartnett's gone back down to earth, used Aaron Paul's body and killed his wife and his kid. And son. Yeah. It's brutal. It's so shocking. His performance when we go through the house and we see the blood everywhere is fantastic. And perhaps one of those reasons is because Aaron Paul said, I don't want to see any of the set. I don't want to be around it. You just tell me where the cameras are. And I want the first time I walk into it and see it to be, I want my reactions to be authentic and real. So that's the first time he's seeing any of the sprays of blood around the house. Wonderful idea. It's Wonderful idea. Harrowing is a great word for it, Bryce. It is just, it's one of the, to me, and you know, there's a handful of times I can probably count in recent memory where I have, my reactions to something have been allowed watching something. I remember watching that scene and allowed just going, oh, fuck. Like that, it was it really stung. Yeah. And it's essentially the end of the film at that yeah. point. He returns to the ship. And I mean, we could talk about what this ending means forever he walks up to the ship josh hartnett is very much sitting at the table expecting something from aaron at this point and he just kicks out the chair and that's how it ends one of the really interesting plot devices that they use in this film to establish the rules around it is that neither of the astronauts can die in outer space. Otherwise, the other one will inevitably die as well. Exactly. Both of them need to be up there. So at different points in this film, they're both so angry at each other and they have the opportunity to rip them apart or, or kill each other. Yeah. But they can't because then they inherently do. Yeah, they're, they're dooming themselves. It's quite chilling, isn't it? It's 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 completely chilling. It's, 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 it's that sort of ominous ending that reminds me of something it's very similar to a vein of like a seven mm. or um i can't think of too many other films where like the ending has actually just rocked me so so much in terms of of course that was gonna happen <laughs> you know what i mean like, inevitable. It's, it's inevitable and it's like you fucking poke a bear especially you poke somebody who is in that spot that he's in in the position that he's in and they kind of like blissfully let it get to this point of no return and that no return is well death and misery to me that is and i mean some rationale as to why i gave this to you that to me is like the epitome of why you ingest this sort of media is to feel 
something visceral, something beyond what you would normally feel. And this episode to me just absolutely knocked that out of the park. It gave me every, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. And it made me feel a way that I haven't felt watching something in a long time. We just got to get to a word from our sponsors quickly, oh, no. and then we'll come back with a, <laughs> no. a verdict on the film. Um, Who's sponsoring this week? No, it's a live read. It says, you've seen the Barbie movie. <laughs> now enjoy all of the Mattel cinematic universe at your fingertips with Mattel Plus. <laughs> See why everyone's talking about Danny DeVito's career-defining performance in this summer's family favourite, Furby. He's just a hairy man who wants to be loved. Teach to say her name. Hi, I'm Danny DeVito. Play games. I dropped my monster condom that I used for my magnum dong. And love you, Bell. Just the pussy I've been looking for. <laughs> Mattel Plus gives you instant access to over 300 movie titles. So you can enjoy a romantic night in with Mia Khalifa's Super Soaker, the thriller that got the world talking as Glenn Maxwell is slinky, and be glued to the edge of your seat with action blockbuster Hot Wheels, starring the ghost of Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Mattel Plus, available to stream now. So there we go. Hit the sponsors happy, I'm Rising. really glad you got the sponsors in. Mattel Plus, it's, it's going places, yeah, man. absolutely is. <laughs> Mate, I thought this was such a... a Fantastic. Oh, it's wonderful. really good. The pacing is great. It's slow. It's simplistic. It's easy to understand, but the performances bring you in. You're right. You can predict what's going to happen. You feel like the ending is somewhat uh, necessary and probably readable from about halfway through, mm. but you're just not quite sure. And yeah. uh, it's just a really well-made film. It is. It is. And and, and the, the only only thing I would ever say about this that is remotely to its detriment is they absolutely should have made this a film. And that's and it's part of the reason why I got you to watch it. The only thing that remotely disappointed me was that the credits started rolling and the little button came up in the bottom right corner letting me know that the next episode was about to start. And mm. I was like, don't bastardize this experience. Like, I want to sit in this. I need to sit. I'm not just going to fucking tune straight into the next episode. Like, I'm here. I'm in this and this and it's it, it really was like a standalone experience that belonged to be a, it belongs as a standalone experience. I don't think it's sitting under the black mirror um, umbrella is doing it any favors. Well, there we go. I mean, if you do want a full length feature film again, you've got 2004's Bobby Darren starring Kevin Spacey. I think they found <laughs> another verse. There we go. Oh, oh, no. oh no. Somewhere. Hey. Beyond 18, <laughs> good luck members of the jury, I'm just out here breaking hearts, but I'm sacked from House of Cards for unveiling. Very good film. Oh, uh, look, you know what? Kevin's done well. I love that he had the tenacity and the balls to just, you know, I'm going to change those lyrics. He's got it all, my friend. You no, know, he's done extremely Talented well. Talented man. Once again, all allegations, all disproven in the court of law. 
uh, if he is litigious. Now, Some Like It Hot, a film that I love. Marilyn Monroe and Jack Lemmon. Christ, how old is this film? <laughs> it's quite old. Um, have you ever seen a, a Monroe film? I don't believe so. I, I know, that obviously, she is a cultural icon and there's scenes that I've seen pop up here and there. There's obviously some extremely famous ones, but I don't think I've ever sat through a full thing, no. Written, some Like It Hot. Tell me about Some Like It Hot. Written by the incredibly witty Billy Wilder. This film is one of the original rom-coms, constantly considered to be one of the uh, very best films ever. Right. Uh, always within a top 10. Always within a top 20. <laughs> I'm going backwards. <laughs> it's always within the top 100 of this specific genre. Mate, it's it's a very good film. Okay. And um, I believe one of the first ever examples of, of cross-dressing in cinema. Oh. Which I know is a, a, a cause close to your heart. But what's... Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to know what the plot is. I can't think about it. Well, there we go. You're going to find out next week. Yeah. We all are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in... Like, I'm going to go into Some Like It Hot cold. Lovely. You happy like with that. that, are you? Yeah, yeah. look, I, if I had my time again, I might have done something different. Spent 40 minutes writing those lyrics <laughs> to that Kevin Spacey song. But, uh, <laughs> I, know, I know, and this is the gear I fucking bring up. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, well, that's good. Some Like It Hot next week. Let's give it a go. We'll catch you then.